0: It was a big week for tech in Ohio as Honda announced its expanding production of electric vehicles at three of its plants in East Liberty, Anna and Marysville. The really big news, though, is that they made a $4.4 billion deal with LG to build an electric battery plant at their Marysville facility, promising to bring in thousands of new jobs. Ohio Governor Mike DeWine.
1: In addition to the new electric vehicles that will be produced at these three separate plants, we are announcing today that the batteries these vehicles will rely on to run will also be produced right here in the state of Ohio. These batteries will be produced by your fellow Ohioans. They'll be made at a brand new, three and a half billion dollar electric vehicle manufacturing company. This new facility, this new facility will bring at least 2,200 new jobs to Ohio. What what a great way. What a great way to celebrate 45 years of working together. As the logo says, we built today, let's build tomorrow. And you know it's our amazing Ohio workers who have built Honda's vehicles for over four decades. And it will be our Ohio workers who build Honda's new electric vehicles, as well as the batteries, that power them. The number one reason companies make their home in Ohio is our Ohio workers. And so as Honda transitions to the vehicles of the future, they're going to do it in Ohio with Ohioans. We will move forward and we will build the future together. While what we drive and how we drive may be changing, one thing that will never change is the grit, the determination, the ingenuity, and the work ethic of our Ohio workers. Quite simply, Quite simply, we have the best, most talented workforce in the world, living right here in the greatest place in the world to live, and that is the state of Ohio. And things are happening, things are happening all over the Buckeye State. Ohio will soon be the home of the most advanced semiconductor manufacturing site in the entire world when Intel builds its fabs in Licking County. And it's not just Intel, not just Intel. New manufacturing companies are locating across the state. Just a couple of weeks ago, GM announced that it will soon begin building electric drive motors at its plant in Toledo. In June, Ford announced it was expanding its Avon Lake production facility for electric vehicle production, creating around 2,000 new jobs. Leading aerospace company, Sierra Nevada Corporation, recently set up operations near the Dayton Airport. And then there's Global Cooling in Athens County, where they make and sell ultra-cold freezers to store and transport things such as vaccines. Aldium Cells in the Mahoning Valley is making electric, will be making electric vehicle batteries. And Semcorp, which recently located in Sydney, is part of the electric vehicle battery supply chain. There's so much many other things as well. There's also Nestle Purina, which is producing high quality pet food in Claremont County. So many, many other things as well. This new plant will draw workers from parts of Appalachia and from counties near three three of our major metropolitan areas.
0: Also this week, at least 14 airports around the U.S., including some of the busiest, report internal communications and advertising systems were hit by hackers believed to be based in Russia. Safety and security systems do not appear to have been targeted. It's unclear if the effort is tied to the war in Ukraine because, as Ian Schur, editor at CNET, points out, the practice is growing.
2: So in some ways, it's just inconvenient. But a key thing to keep in mind is that state-sponsored hacking is growing. We are seeing hackers who work for or on behalf of or in support of all sorts of different governments, particularly oppressive regimes like North Korea, Iran, and Russia, who are actually going after companies and infrastructure, trying to embarrass the West or even cause actual trouble by shutting things down.
0: Meanwhile, we wanted to find out whether or not the cyber attack reached our area. So we talked to Akron Canton Airport CEO, Ren Camacho.
2: We have not been impacted, thankfully, not to our knowledge. Our systems have been functioning normally. So we're thankful that this has not affected CAK. Unfortunate it's uh, occurred, obviously, to the larger airports, and we wish them well in their recovery. A lot of those airports seem to be having contingency plans in place to react to something like this this type of cybersecurity attack.
0: Well, obviously, this is an ongoing issue. When you talk to executives at other airports around the country, I imagine you're a member of organizations, et cetera, where you guys get together and you talk. Is this a topic that comes up? Is this something that more and more attention is being given to? And do you have, then, contingency plans?
2: So yes and yes. Uh, we, we definitely get together at various industry conferences across the country, and cybersecurity is definitely an issue that is top of mind lately in addition to some other forward-thinking, innovative thoughts like electric aircraft and things of that nature. But, but when it comes to cybersecurity, yeah, we're we're doing our best, and we're sharing ideas with other industry, other executives, other airports across the country to really stay out in front of of such attacks by educating our employees, whether it's uh, IT resources, third-party resources that assist us from time to time. We have email reminders to staff to stay diligent and really keep a watchful eye for suspicious things, whether it's an email string, those last few letters and characters of an email string that may give something away that's suspicious or malicious, something that has a malicious intent. We definitely also implemented elements crucial to our cybersecurity the training and the flexibility really to evolve with the time, and, and then really updating our policies and procedures so that staff and folks that we deal with on a day to day are, are informed with our issues, types of security risk.
0: We also talked to Dr. Carl Kaltenthaler, who's the director of the Center for Intelligence and Security Studies at the University of Akron.
3: Yeah, well, Russian cyber threats have been going on for a while. They have increased really substantially since the start of the uh, Russian war in Ukraine. They've been going after our allies. They've obviously been going after Ukraine. They've been going after us. We have been upping our game both here in the United States and with our allies in Europe. And so from the assessments I've seen in the public sphere, the efforts to thwart these Russian cyber attacks have been pretty successful. So the Russians have really not been able to do major damage as they had hoped. So the Russian cyber threat, which we've always looked at as potentially very damaging and still can be very damaging, I don't want to say it won't be or can't be, has not turned out to be as grim as some had suspected. But once again, we have to keep vigilance. We have to constantly update our toolkit because it's a significant and real threat.
0: That was Dr. Carl Kaltenthaler, Director of the University of Akron Center for Intelligence and Security Studies. And I'm Jean Destro. Thanks for listening. By the way, please note, if you like the show, you can listen in a number of different ways on the air on WAKR 93.5 FM 1590, on our website, wakr.net, and as a podcast on Apple and Android. And that's it for now. Stay happy and healthy, and we'll see you again next week. That was This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. Tune in next week for more tech news on 93.5-1590-WAKR and WAKR.net.